John Krasinski is about to get on a plane for Toronto. We are talking here on Tuesday. The season opens on Wednesday night in Toronto. Uh, I am actually very optimistic about this team. I don't know. I don't know how the fan base feels. Let's get into that. Uh, but let's start with the big news, John. Uh, this is the John Krasinski Show, by the way, part of TalkNorth.com. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. You can find all the archives, including our live show last week from Headflyer Brewing with Michael Grady. You can find all, of, all the archives at TalkNorth.com, all of our other sports shows, outdoor shows, and variety shows at TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate you listening. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton, and our sponsors. We're coming to you through the Aquarius Home Services Studio. I want to thank TSR Injury Law, All Energy Solar, Tony Hoagland, my State Farm agent, Manscaped, and, of course, Headflyer. So tell me about the Jaden McDaniels deal, John. Yeah, it was, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think how to describe it because this one, you know, we knew, Jim, that Anthony Edwards was going to get the max and it was just a matter of when it was going to happen this summer. Like it was a foregone conclusion. He was going to say yes to it. The Wolves were going to give it to him. And, you know, really all it took was getting together and signing the contract and 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 making it happen. The Jaden McDaniels negotiation was more complicated. He is one of their foundational pieces going forward for the next five, eight, however many years. Um, he is, you know, the same age, just a little bit older than than Anthony Edwards, um, and a big, big part of the team's future. He is also emerging as one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Um, he has shown real two way ability and is showing more offensive game as the opportunities come. He's shooting 40% from three last year, all of those things. So those are the good things. And those are the things that say he's a Timberwolves guy, pay him a ton of money. Don't even think twice about it. But when you look at just the overall, what he has accomplished as an individual player it's a little, you know, less robust. I mean, he his his uh, career scoring average is nine point six points per game. He had, tw- you know, he averaged twelve last year. Um, he averages three point nine rebounds a game. He fouls a lot. Um, he has he missed the entire playoffs last season because he lost his cool a little bit. Had some bad luck with the brick wall behind the curtain, but still punched a, a, a brick wall and broke his hand. So he didn't have that playoff experience to sort of go off of. So everything that the Wolves were negotiating on with McDaniels was essentially all based on future potential. Ant had an all-star season. He's played incredibly well in both of his playoff series. He had more that you could look at and say, we know what he is capable of with McDaniels. There is every, there is so much belief that he can turn into of an excellent wingman for Anthony Edwards, but he still has yet to really put that together. And so that really did complicate the negotiations. Um, You know, McDaniels and his camp wanted a ton of money and because he's under 25 years old, he's a two-way player and there's a lot of optimism that he is going to, you know, continue to get better and better. The wolves were kind of like, yeah, we love Jaden McDaniels, but we have to have a little bit 
of restraint here. We're paying Carl Anthony Towns all this money. We're paying Rudy Gobert all this money, Anthony Edwards all this money. We've got to make sure that we get the right number here. And so it went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for months. And especially over this last weekend, it really heated up. And there were times where I was hearing from both sides of the equation, like, hey, I don't think we're going to get this done. There's, we're, we're too far apart. And ultimately, it came down to Monday. Uh, the deadline was facing them. And the two sides got back together. Uh, McDaniel's agent, Nemo Namaki, came into town. And they really just did hammer it out. They got to a point where they feel, both feel really good about it. And I think it's really, it's a good move for the Timberwolves. Because now, any sort of distraction, any sort of potential for for hurt feelings or anything, that's all out the window. Jaden McDaniels got $136 million. I, you know, I don't think it's quite all guaranteed. Might be in the $132 million, might be guaranteed. But um, he's very happy with it. And so it removes the potential for some other thing to get in the way of what is a really, really important season. So a uh, big, big move for the organization for Jaden McDaniels. And now there's there, they can hit the ground running as the, as the season starts here. Well, Jaden McDaniels be able to hit the ground running or is that calf still a worrisome thing? It's a good question. Um, I think if, if I had to bet and you know, I'm not a betting man, I would guess that he does not play the opener um, that, you know, cause they, they have the opener in Toronto on Wednesday, then they have two days off and then the home opener against Miami. Jaden posted, something on Instagram saying, uh, you know, Hey fans, I'll see you all on Saturday, um, against the heat or this weekend against the heat. Now he could have just been saying, I'll see you guys because that's the first time the fans will see them in person at the home opener. But I kind of read that as he needs a little bit more time to, uh, get that calf in shape, get up and running, get a couple of hard practices underneath him, and then he'll be ready to go. So I would guess he does not play against Toronto, but he does play on Saturday against the Heat. Probably not that important, but I'm curious. Do you think uh, Kyle Anderson or, or Nikhil Alexander-Walker get the start if they if they have to replace McDaniels? You know what? I'm I'm not exactly sure um, that, uh, but I I I think probably Alexander-Walker. Now Toronto mm-hmm. is really really big. Like they 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 have a bunch of six seven six eight six ten dudes. And they are, you know, they're versatile. Scotty Barnes, you got Siakam, you have, um, you know, Pirtle, you have Ananobi. Like they have a bunch of like really long, lanky dudes. So you could say, well, maybe Kyle Anderson is a little bit bigger than Alexander Walker. Um, Maybe that would help. But I think that I would lean towards Alexander Walker just because he, Jaden McDaniels is a defender. Alexander Walker is a defender more so than Kyle Anderson, uh, at least perimeter defender. So I think that they will want uh, his defensive perimeter orientation out there. And then you can also keep Kyle Anderson with that second unit to run the show offensively and get that team um, some good looks and some good shots. And so that's my my bet. We, we've seen throughout the preseason, we've seen Shake Milton there. We've seen Alexander Walker. We've seen different. Finch do different things, but I think it'll be Alexander Walker. Yeah, that would have been my guess too. Uh, last year, they make the Gobert trade. You know, 
pretty much everybody gets excited, including me. And I don't always get excited about things. <laughs> and I looked at the schedule. I looked at what I thought was a great roster. And I thought, okay, they're going to off to a fast start. And getting off to a fast start is going to help a lot of things fall into place. And it just didn't happen. You know, they, they just did not play that well. They did not look that cohesive early. Carl Anthony Towns was sick, and then he ends up getting hurt. Uh, what do you think the chances are for a fast start this year under these circumstances? I mean, I think it's much, much better. The The chances are much higher that they play well early. And, and I'm not even going to say, Jim, that it guarantees they're going to win a ton of games more. Um, but – I think very early last season, you saw a team that did not know how to play together, that was still not in the greatest shape because Rudy Gobert missed all that time in, in preseason with those with his leg issues coming off of Eurobasket. Carl Anthony Towns was down like 50 pounds because of that infection that he suffered. He didn't play much at all in, in training camp in preseason. Anthony Edwards was the other way, actually, where he was probably a little out of shape and maybe a little overweight, and he was trying to play himself back into it. And then in so from a physical standpoint, they were not in good shape. And then just from a familiarity standpoint with the uniqueness of the Gobert Towns pairing in the front court, and you could just see they were grinding their gears. They didn't know and had no idea what to do with the configuration as it was. And every game looked so hard. And they were losing early on to OKC, to San Antonio, things like that. And you're thinking, like, this really does not look good. And it just really did pave the way for a grind of a regular season. I think contrasting it with what with the position that the Timberwolves are in going into this season, it's just remarkably different. Everyone is in, outside of McDaniel's calf. Everyone's healthy. Um, everyone's in great shape. Carl Anthony Towns is in great shape. Rudy Gobert is in really, really good shape. Ant looks fantastic from a physical standpoint. Um, so they are, you know, from all of their experience playing internationally, I think that really did kind of get their knives sharpened a lot quicker than was from a year ago. And, and so then on top of all of that, they just look like a team that knows who they are now. They know what they're, you know, who they're playing. Um, they know where their shots are coming from. They have, they've been sharing the ball incredibly well. Um, and so I think that they are at least going, when, when you, when they play, this first stretch of games and let's see, there's uh, five of the first seven are at home. Um, tough opponents, Toronto at Toronto. They never win there. Uh, Miami at home at Atlanta's tough one, Denver at home, Utah at home, Boston at home, New Orleans. Like that's mm. a tough start. It is. But, but, but I think that it's possible. They may lose several of those games, but you could also say coming out of that stretch, you could say, you know what? I feel like they're going to be okay this season because they just play together and just the way that they play these games. I mean, last year it was really glaring this year, preseason, they look ready to go and sharp. And so um, the odds of them starting fast, much better with all these home games, but I just want to see them play good basketball regardless of the outcome. And I think we will see that. Other than Denver, 
who should the Wolves be most concerned about in the Western Conference? To me, it looks like just a jumble of teams that could be really good or could have everything blow up in their faces. Yeah, it's going to be just a, a crazy season in the West, I think. Um, the, the teams that I look at uh, that I think are going to be the most challenging, I think Denver, obviously. I think uh, Phoenix, if if uh, if their depth is not an issue, uh, I just think that they're going to be an incredibly tough matchup with Booker and Beal and, and Durant. Um, and when you kind of look at the rest, I, I, I do think the Lakers are good, and I think they're big. So um, especially in the regular season when you're talking about matchups and the, the Wolves wanting to exploit their size uh, against their opponents and, and trying to play even bigger than they did last year just in terms of mentality and effectiveness – uh, I, I do think that the Lakers are a team that can match that size um, and, and, and go and go up against them. So I, I still think like one through 11, I, I think the Wolves are really talented as a roster. And there are not going to be many nights where they go into games with a talent deficit. Um, in the aggregate, one through 11. And we're talking even at the top end as well with Ant and Cat and Rudy and Jaden, like those are like those are really good players. So um, I, you know, I think that this team could finish as high as the top four. I think they could be battling for the playing again. Just I think it's going to be really tightly contested. But overall, I feel pretty bullish on them, and I think that I think that they're going to play really well in the regular season. Uh, but yeah, I think you look at Phoenix, you look at Denver. You look at the Lakers as teams that match up well against them and and certainly um, are primed and poised to have good seasons themselves with the moves that they've made. I want to get to Cat, Rudy, Finch, and Ant, uh, other developments around the league here on the John Krasinski Show. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. I want to thank longtime sponsors, TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. We had our friend Steve Terry from... TSR Angela out to the live show last week at Headflyer. It was a blast. Uh, you know, he's just such a big fan. He's so fired up about the season. He's been such a great supporter of this podcast. It's been great working with him. So we, we hope you don't need his help. But if you do, you need good help. They will not charge you unless they win your case. They win a lot of cases. That's why they're such a great Minnesota success story. Just call 612-TSR-TIME if you're ever injured. 612-TSR-TIME. Uh, I want to let you know that all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All energy solar is ready to take any solar project, home, business, or both, from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com slash coach, or just go to allenergysolar.com and learn everything you need to learn about uh, a very important development as we go forward. Uh, I've been uh, working with Tony Hoagland. He's been my state farm agent for a long time. H-O-A-G-L-U-N-D. This is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. Here's the deal. When you combine State Farm home and auto insurance, you save an average of $889 a year. My agency is ready to help you combine home and auto and start saving today. Call 763-421-4900 to start saving. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Again, we did the uh, our kickoff show last week at Headflyer Brewing with Michael Grady as our special guest. Great show. Michael was excellent. 
excellent. Really looking forward to listening to him this year. So thanks to Head Flyer Brewing for, for, for sponsoring and hosting so many of our shows. We do appreciate it. And now the world-famous John Krasinski, Manscaped Dad. We are brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and the next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and using the code ATHLETIC for 20% off plus free shipping. It may be spooky season, but you don't want to scare people with a scraggly beard. Give them something to look at with Manscaped's Handyman. Are you tired of a bad razor making your neck look like a scary movie? With the Handyman skin-safe technology to help reduce nicks and cuts, you can finally feel confident when going for that close shave. For wet or dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane friendliness make this the perfect travel tool for on the go. And being able to shave up to three days growth without the mess of a wet shave is priceless. That's right, your Halloween costumes may take effort, but beard grooming doesn't need to when you can get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code ATHLETIC. Uh, Good stuff, John. Let's get to uh, Carl Hitty Towns. Uh, I have not been around the team. You have. Uh, I've heard that he's uh, put put on a little bit of a different persona. Does that matter? Does that affect the way he plays as an indication of resolve? How are you reading that? Yeah, I, 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 so I don't think it matters at all um, because, you know, talking to teammates, talking to coaches, talking to the people around the team and seeing some of the social media posts that the Timberwolves put out from Abu Dhabi, from all over, from practice and everything. Carl Anthony Towns is the same Carl Anthony Towns with in those environments as he's always been. He's been very happy. He's been very um engaged he's been chatty talkative having fun all of those things when he comes to the media now he is incredibly vanilla he is incredibly quiet he is everything that carl anthony towns has never been from a media perspective from my perspective from my side of things i wish that wasn't the case because I've always enjoyed talking to him. And I know that he has sometimes been ridiculed for things that he has said, but I've always known that he speaks what he believes is the truth and his honesty. And he's, he, I enjoy hearing his perspective, even if maybe I don't always agree with it. I at least know how he feels right now. He is bending over backward to be as closed off and as cliche ridden as possible and it is a very calculated thing because he has seen the criticism that he's gotten online um certainly from maybe you know national espn shows and other things about uh some of the comments that he's made on the pat bev podcast on paul george's podcast kind of things like that and he's basically said hey look okay you fans some of you media you you don't you don't like what I have to say. I'm just not going to say anything at all. 
and let's, you know, see how this goes. And, you know, so you, at one point you could say, oh, come on, cat. Like, why, why do you have to do that? But to me, I look at it and, 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 and say that this is a player who in year nine now is changing some of the things that he does and, 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 and looking at it and saying, I don't like how this is going. So I'm going to do something different. Um, and so there is, it feels like there's some introspection there. Now it might be that he's just thinks that people are way off the rocker and irrational about some of the criticism that they've thrown his way. You and I have both talked on this show about how I do think a lot of the nitpicking has been ridiculous with him. Um, and I think it's, it's more than most NBA players have to deal with for whatever reason. I have no idea, but he is responding and saying, all right, I'm taking a lot of heck, you know, crap for this. So I'm just changing it. And this is the way it's going to be. It is not natural for him. That's not what he does. But if this indicates that he's just focusing on the basketball and, um, and, and just going to let his play do the talking, that's fine. You know, um, he's, it's that's that's totally fine if if it brings about more focus for him on the court, more maturity for him on the court. Um, it would, you know, it'd be unfortunate for our stories and things like that. We don't have this typical thoughtful, you know, um, long winded answers, uh, but I can work around that. And I just, you know, I see him responding to it and it's very, very uh targeted and concentrated on his interactions with the media because he knows the fans see this and read this. And he's just like, look, this is what you want. This is what you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, as for Rudy, what are your expectations this year? Well, uh, in talking to him, he certainly feels much more comfortable this season. Um, I think that, I underestimated last year the the process of transitioning from a team and an organization that was built around him for the last nine years to a team and an organization that was not built around him. And I think, you know, living in a different city, he had, you know, he'd never lived anywhere else besides France for his whole life um, than Utah. And so... Now he's in a new city. He's in a new house. He's trying to find um, a, a lifestyle. Like he's a he's a kind of a big into connecting with his surroundings. And I don't think he connected earlier. I think it took a while. And so he does feel like he's more settled now. And I think that will help. Um, what I still want to see is how does he look on the court in terms of his rim protection and his uh, just overall movement. Last year, I think especially the first couple of months of the season, I thought he was slow-footed. Um, I thought he was less explosive. And I don't think that he was challenging shots at the rim the way that he was used to doing. And there were many factors that go into that, including not knowing when he had to cover for his teammates and when he didn't and where the help was coming from and all of these things and his health. Uh, but I think that they are much more in sync and much more on the same page. Seeing Ant throw that lob to him in Chicago uh, was very encouraging because 
last year that just was not on the table. And when you think about all the damage that Rudy has done over the course of his career, catching lobs and dunking, and for that to not be a part of his offensive game, that was a real hindrance for him. And so if there's more of that this season, that will help. So there are a lot of things that lead me to say, yeah, there's a there's so much more in place for Rudy Gobert to be successful this year than there was last season. But there is in the back of your mind wondering if some of the physical things that we saw last year were just because he was a little hurt and and unfamiliar or is it because he's getting old? That I think is what I'm going to be watching closely. How is he moving? How is he affecting things? And is he able to stem the tide of age and still be really effective or are we seeing the beginning of the decline because um last year does not look good uh this year uh he he has a lot to show and kind of prove um before we can make a determination either way on that at talknorth.com you'll find our baseball show with lavelle neal and roy smalley great stuff uh, about a fascinating team You'll find the, the Viking Update show, John and I do, uh, getting in deep on a lot of Vikings issues. Have former Vikings general manager Jeff Diamond does a show with me as well on the Vikings. We have lots of hockey stuff. We have John Malay on preps. Um, check it all out. Uh, we have outdoor content, variety content, and I think the best sports lineup in town. Check it out. We do appreciate it. Uh, let's get to this. I think it's a great sign for the NBA and for uh, we Midwesterners that Giannis and Ant re-signed with their yes. Midwestern teams. I just love that as a development. I think it speaks well of them and well of the league. It, I totally agree. It's great for the league, Jim, um, to, to have that happen because there is a fatalism in markets that are not L.A., New York, Miami, of like that, you know, they're just feeder systems for the bigger markets. Um but here's the also the crucial thing that goes hand in hand with Giannis deciding to stay in Milwaukee with Ant signing his extension. Rookies always sign their extension, but still the full five years, no options, like all those things are good. Um, great for the league that they have decided to do that. But also, importantly, both of these organizations are have done things to try to show that they are competent and capable of building a team around them to be successful over the long haul. Um, what Giannis was doing this summer was applying pressure to the Milwaukee Bucks by kind of withholding uh, signing, uh, signing that extension and just making it clear, look, guys, I'm not going to go back into a rebuild. Like, you got to show me that you can do things to make the Bucs uh, a title contender in my prime years, which he is fully in right now. And the Bucs went out and got Damian Lillard. And Giannis sees that and says, okay, I know you're taking this seriously. I know that you are capable of doing great things uh, and continuing to do them. So I'm going to reward that. I'm going to re-up and, and, and stay in here and I'm going to stabilize everything because you guys are doing what it takes to build a championship contender. We can, for the Wolves, we can debate the Rudy Gobert thing, and I think it still has to play out fully before we render a verdict. But what they did with that move was designed to get Anthony Edwards into the playoffs. 
And um, Rudy did that last season. With Carl Anthony Towns missing as much time as he did, there's no way that the Wolves would have made the playoffs last year had they not had Rudy Gobert um, there over the second half of the season. And if they had not made the playoffs, all of a sudden, as Ant goes into these negotiations, there's a ton of discussion about, boy, can the Timberwolves do it? Can they put a team around Ant? Um, that, you know, do they deserve to keep him? Ant should wait and go to restricted free agency and then eventually, uh, you know, work his way to a team that is more capable of building around him. But they got Gobert. They hired Tim Connolly, one of the best GMs in the business. They have Chris Finch, a very, very good head coach, and, and Ant has a very good connection with. Tim has, you know, again, debate the Gobert thing. That's fine. Shake Milton's great ad. Kyle Anderson is great ad. Uh, the Mike Conley and Akil Alexander-Walker trade, great move. Like everything pretty much that Connolly has done except for the big one, the Gobert trade, has been really good and really smart. And so Ant, I think, and, and the people around Ant can see that this organization is well-prepared to provide him an opportunity to be really competitive going forward. And, and so the onus is on these organizations to show that they are worthy of these stars. And that might sound a little condescending or that you might hold your nose like, you know, and, and think, man, that stinks. This is a player driven league. You have to figure that part of it out. San Antonio Spurs figured it out. Um, Memphis Grizzlies have figured it out. Uh, There are plenty of teams in smaller markets that have done it. Um, and now the Wolves are trying to do that. Milwaukee is doing that. And um, and and it's the more that you can do this and strengthen the league in the middle of its uh, uh, market size rankings, the better it is for the league in general. No doubt. We'll end on that note. We'll talk more about Finch and uh, early season developments next week. Thanks so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check out the Viking Update show as well. And we will be back next week to talk to you about more Timberwolves news.